Welcome everyone to another Slab Socks live stream here on YouTube, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern time. We are very happy you are here to join us. We got Nate in the house again, and we'll be having another guest join us later in the show around 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we got lots to talk about today, of course, but the guest will be from uh, Overtime, the really big uh, social media basketball and uh, sports account, and he operates the card account for Overtime uh, at Overtime Polls. So very excited to have Sam joining us talking about his collecting journey and uh, some different topics from today's stream as well. So let's jump right into the discussion for today. Nate, what are you excited about for in uh, two hours and 15 minutes? What's about to happen? Packers. How are we playing? How are we feeling? Well, let's see. Aaron Rodgers stud on Monday nights, historically. And um, Aaron Rodgers, probably a little bit angry after last week. So I'm expecting like, I don't, Six touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers tonight. That's that's my uh, that's my call. Six tutties, zero interceptions, four hundred and fifty-four passing yards, and and a seventy-three percent completion percentage. I don't know if you uh, saw, but we're favored by eleven and a half points. Do you okay. see that? I do you think that's a little high after last week? I mean, I I I do think that's a little high, but again, an angry Aaron Rodgers is a good Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, and I expect but, him to be angry after last week, unless, unless he's just playing us and going to be terrible the entire year to force his way out of Green Bay. Let's see what happens. I'm excited. I'm excited. But uh, as you all see here on the uh, on the graphic for today's episode, one of the main points of discussion is this Luca Gold Optic Autograph Number Out of Ten PSA Ten Ten compared to the LeBron Refractor BGS Ten, and we will get in, into that discussion in a bit but before that we had the pwcc premier auction that ran down this past weekend on saturday uh saturday night it ended there was about two hours of extended bidding i want to say it ended around 11 o'clock central time um and they cut the extended bidding in half so instead of it being like 10 minutes it started at five minutes and then went down to two and then a minute meaning any item in the auction had to get a bid within a minute for it to keep going and then it finally ended and uh we had some big debates that we had going uh before earlier in this month talking about and um my favorite one that i wanted to see what would happen is the lebron gold debate on the left side of the screen here you got the 2005 tops finest lebron james gold refractor psa 10 compared to the lebron james 2008 tops chrome gold refractor out of 50 bgs 9 except the finest on the left is jersey number 23 out of 39 uh in the chat right now let us know what you think of these sold for prices so the finest sold for thirty eight thousand four hundred dollars and the Topps Chrome BGS 9 out of 50 sold for $36,000. Now, if you remember the 2015 or the 2005 Topps Finest, um, I did, in fact, pull that card. And that was one of the coolest moments of my entire card collecting career. Uh, very fun and so happy that Fernando got that card. It did sell this past weekend. Um, and then on the right side, you got the classic 08 Topps Chrome, one of the most legendary basketball sets ever, in my opinion, with the chalk toss. And clearly that had a lot to do with that sale because that went for $36,000. That's numbered out of 50 and it's a BGS nine and it's from three years later. I know it's tops Chrome versus tops finest too. So you're kind of comparing, you know, like a Bowman Chrome to like a Bowman's best or tops finest, yeah. I suppose, you know, but in my opinion, at least, and I know other people have different opinions and I, maybe I have some bias cause I pulled it. So it's worth saying it, but I love just basketball tops finest in general. I think all the years of tops finest, from the mid 2000s are great. It doesn't matter if it's 02, 03, 04, 05. Um, I think they're all awesome. 05 particularly is my favorite set from Finest, which is why we opened it because I love it so much. And uh, I, was, I, don't, I don't know if I'm, if I'm surprised, but I did think that the jersey number would sell for more um, than the other one, which it did, did by $2,400. But I thought it'd be a bigger spread too. Nate, I don't know if you have a ton of thoughts on this. I know we talked a little bit before stream about it, but what do you think? Uh, I just, I, I guess I assumed that the jersey numbered 05 would would crack maybe 50 yeah in my mind i just felt like 50 was a good number the fact that it didn't crack 40 is a little bit disappointing to me but considering again non-rookie tops finest um i mean thirty-eight thousand is yeah. a very healthy number it is. this is a card that would not have gone for thirty-eight thousand four hundred two years ago you know so no, no. it's a healthy number 
And if anyone's wondering what the Instagram vote was, so we put we put all of these debates up on poll on Instagram and our audience votes on it. We had 44% vote for the finest 05 gold PSA 10, 56% vote for the chalk toss 08 chrome. Interesting. And they like voting on that, they knew it was jersey number 23 out of 39, too. So I made sure to make it clear. Um, so in fact, that it did sell for more versus the public opinion. Now, are the people voting the ones bidding? Probably not, obviously, just as us talking about it's it. It's like we're yeah, not bidding either. Are the ones not bidding and we're the ones that are talking about this. If I ever get to a point where I can bid for a card for thirty six thousand dollars, that would uh you would have made it, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh the next debate on the right side of the screen, we got the Mahomes NT Gold RPA number dot ten BGS nine point five, and then the Brady Championship Contenders ticket BGS eight point five ten which is one of the top grades in that card. I think that there's like one BGS nine, maybe that set a record for a football card a few months back, but this is the eight, five for BGS and that Mahomes, I will tell you what it sold for a million and one million, $80,000. The Brady sold for $1,590,000, but that Mahomes was sitting at four to $500,000 for most of the night. And within the last like 20 minutes, it went from 400 to like 500, 550, 600, 700, 750, like, Literally, just was a straight bidding war between probably two people. I'm assuming as of the last bid really sparked it, um, and it, and it, with buyers premium, it ended up going over a million eight, uh, one million eighty thousand dollars. I personally thought going into this, uh, you know, now that the auction's done, I can say I thought it was going to be a you know, six fifty to seven hundred. So that's a that's a huge sale for that card. Uh, but I did think that that was one of the nicest football cards I've ever seen in my entire life. How many of those do you think are still sitting in National Treasures boxes? I always, I always wonder that, don't you? I always wonder, like, like once a card hits a million bucks and you have you have sealed National Treasures, like, what does the price on that go to? Because all of a sudden you you can be like, hey, you might have a million dollar card yeah, in like, this box, and it's not like it's a one of one. It's not no. like it's the logo show. Like, there's no. a very I just saw it's and not I, a ten. Yeah, I don't know if this just happened or not, but someone just shared a video of someone pulling a Jason Tam Gold Prism rookie out of a pack. Recently, I don't know if it was right now. I don't know if it's like six months ago, whatever. But that's still four years after the fact. Yeah. Same exact year for the homes. Same numbering. I would even argue it's easier to pull that card because there's less NT boxes made than than Prism. So you're right. I mean, that's crazy to think about. How much? Oh man, sealed case of 2017 NT national. I can't even imagine. That'd be nuts. Imagine being an owner of like uh, NT box at any point for I don't know 2018 basketball Luca's year. Yeah. Slabstock Sam. <laughs> yeah, I had the FOTL. I had the 2017 I bought for 500 bucks. That's crazy. Uh, Deer and Fox, numbered out of, I think, five or 10 came out of that box. Woo. I sold. Yeah. It's and probably, Vince Carter, right? Vince Carter, one of one. Yeah. I, I did not open it. I sold it right away. Uh, but uh, as for the, the Instagram poll on this, we had Mahomes had 34% of the votes and Brady had 66%, which is not super surprising considering at the time that the poll was put up. The current bid was 400K for the Mahomes versus 950K. For the Brady, and but it actually Mahomes, it actually ended basically the same distance apart. Exactly, and I think the Mahomes proved proved uh, very well. Though I mean that's quite a substantial increase for both those. And what's up, Magic Bazooka Tom? Will, good to see you all here. Will says NFL is so hard to predict early in season. Look at first two week results. Defense is still figuring things out. I would venture to say everyone is still figuring things yeah. out. Like, and we'll talk about that we'll later. Talk about that a little bit later for sure. All right, so next debate is the Mahomes Kaboom Gold versus the Mahomes Auto RPA, number, well, rookie auto jersey out of 99, PSA 10 on a thick card. That's a tough grade. So was the BGS 10, though, pristine on a gold Kaboom. Um, oh, wait, did I switch that? Oh, yeah, we're good. And at the time of posting this on Instagram, the current bid for the gold was 21000 The uh, auto was 11000 but this vote was much closer than the uh, other vote, so it's for the gold kaboom, 44% for the auto, which makes me think that there is a segment of the space that is very wealthy that is buying the kabooms because like $49,200 versus $18,000 is way more spread apart than this vote Mm -hmm. shows. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think you're right. There's going to be the wealthy people are not looking for the secondary RPAs. No. National Treasures. Like, they're they're not looking for the Colossals. They're not looking for the um, NFL gear mm-hmm. RPAs, anything or, like that, yeah. unless it's like something super nice. Joe Burrow just had an NFL gear, uh, NFL logo off the football. Mm. One of one sell the other day, and when I saw it last, it was $11,000. I don't know what it ended at. So, like, if it's something like that, sure. 
But for the most part, they're not going to go for that. But kabooms, come on. Yeah. Everyone loves kaboom. Yeah, and this one is uh, worth noting. Nate pointed out, pointed out in the video we did that the 2020 – uh, this is from 2020 Absolute, which is actually his first pack pulled kaboom. He had the Panini uh, Rewards kaboom from 2018, which did have Gold's Eye 10. And I would imagine that one would sell as a BGS 10, 80, 90K. Um, as much as it being pack pulled is very cool, and I normally value that way higher always. It's a little different when it's a full set that's released, I guess, in my opinion. It's just different for me. Um, it's like the White Sparkles. Yeah, it's like the nice, White Sparkles. But- but people like the kabooms more than the white sparkles. Yeah. And the, I still think that, I mean, it's a great sale for whoever sold that. Jordan Hudson, they ain't looking for Brewers cards. I tell you that, Sally. They aren't looking for Cardinals cards either. <laughs> Especially Molina, right? All right. Next debate, we had the, uh, this is the Messi and Ronaldo BGS9 Mega Cracks and Mega Crack is for Ronaldo rookie cards from 2003 and 2004. And the interesting thing, well, I guess 2002 and 2004 technically, but the Ronaldo, I thought, had some PSA label I might say 03 on that. Um, either way, what, time of posting was 8,000 current bid for Ronaldo, 12,000 current bid for Messi. Messi got 65% of the votes. Ronaldo got 35% of the votes. And then the Messi ended at 24K and the Ronaldo at 14.4. And that's worth noting that Ronaldo, since going to Man U, has got four goals in three games and Messi's got zero goals in three games for PSG. Um, not to say it determines how much this card's worth or how much their markets are valued at all. It doesn't, obviously. But uh just goes to show PSG is still figuring it out, still trying to see how to play as the juggernaut that they are. Um, kind of reminds me when like LeBron first went back to Cleveland. They were like 500 through the first like 40 games or something, I think. And then they ended up making the championship that year, something like that. Um, well, obviously they made it. He made it every year he was with Cleveland uh, when he went back the second time. And I don't really have much to add on that debate other than it's, it seems to sit in line with how people buy their cards, Messi versus Ronaldo. But it does seem actually like a pretty big spread. I would have thought that they would have gone for more, but I don't know anything about the soccer market. So all I know is that nine fives of that Messi at the peak, we're doing like 95 to 100. Games. Oh, OK. So I would imagine nine five would sell obviously less than that right now. And then nine kind of makes sense. It would sell for that much. But I think 10, the last 10 of Ronaldo, I've done like 175 PSA 10. Hmm. And then we are on to some of the other debates. We got the Kobe insert debate. This one pulled way closer than what the poll said. So at the time of polling, the credentials was at 36,000 with the pink and red background. The titanium uh, multi metal was at, I think it's titanium. Nope, that's fusion. Sorry. Multi metal fusion was at $60,000. And that's numbered out of 40. The credentials is out of 73. And that was at 60K current bid at the time of posting halfway through the auction. And that one ended up getting 71% of the votes, the, the molten metal. And then the credentials got 29%, but they ended at 60,000 for the credentials and 78,000 for the molten metal, uh, which is very close. That molten metal did not get many bids on the last day or the second half of the auction. Actually, the, the credentials went up quite substantially. Uh, either way, molten metal still won. So people still cr- predicted it correct. Um, but it's $18,000 difference versus at the time of posting, it's $24,000 difference. And then Nate's going to have a lot to say on this one. Uh, but Harper Orange BGS 9.5 sold for $40,800 and Judge Orange PSA 10 sold for $20,800. And the vote for that one was 51% Harper, 49% Judge. So just a neck and neck vote. And they were very close at the time of posting. Actually, Judge was 16000 and Harper was 11000 And the script just completely flipped and Harper went for 40 versus 20. 40800 versus 20800 Yeah. Uh, a couple things about this. I'm very curious as to what this would have gone for in the offseason before the start of the season. Um, how much has Harper moved because of his dominant year? Harper currently leads the entire MLB in OPS at 1,052, which is his second best season all time. Which happened recently, too. He wasn't leading the whole season. No, but he, he's been he's been dominant just, yeah, in just, August just and insane. September. Um, he's up to 38 doubles, 33 home runs, a triple. 428 on base percentage, which is really good. 624 slugging, 1,052 OPS, obviously. Um, so I'm very curious as to what this would have gone for before the season. I'm thinking like 10 Because to I imagine that Harper has probably, yeah, added like yeah. $30,000 onto the price list card solely off the really good year he's had here. Um, 
I, I think it would have been more in line with what we're seeing with the uh, with the Aaron Judge, probably just a little bit less, maybe 15K um, for this Harper. But I don't know. Um, that being said, I do find it interesting. Obviously, PSA 10 to BGS 9.5. And, you know, Harper is having a significantly better season than Aaron Judge, at least at the plate. But Aaron Judge is obviously no slouch himself. And, and... Um, he is basically the same amount of wins above replacement. Now, I know a lot of people don't love wins above replacement, but he's basically the same amount of wins above replacement than Harper on the season, despite the fact that Harper is an MVP candidate and Aaron Judge won't even come close to sniffing the MVP candidate in um, the AL. So it's really a what have you done for me lately type of thing, and... Aaron Judge is almost done as much as Harper, but we're in an offensive-driven league. And there's the price difference. I agree. People want to see the dude that's hitting home runs and getting tons of extra base hits. And the last debate, which we don't spend much time on because it is Pokemon, but the Charizard uh, Crystal Star, or sorry, Crystal Hollow from uh, Sky Ridge PSA 10, so for 13200 And then the Gold Star, what is that from? That's from... Uh, Oh, yeah, EX Dragon Frontiers PSA 10, so for 16800 I think the debate on that, I lost my archive on my phone here. I was looking at the voting polls. I think that the Gold Star had more votes. How many more votes is a question that I will answer in about two seconds. One, two. I still haven't answered yet. Uh, it had... Sorry, just kidding. Skyridge had 61% of the votes. Gold Star had 39% of the votes, and they were both tied at $8,000 at the time of posting. And it ended up going 16,800 versus 13,200 with the gold star getting more votes. So, so, uh, Will says that he, he bid 10K on that Harper 40K way too much. Um, and again, 10K is probably would have, yeah, closer to what it would have gone for before the season, I'd imagine. Um, just being Bryce Harper, even though he's been a little bit disappointing the last couple of years, not like disappointing he was bad, just, you know, he hasn't been. In, as a, as a twenty two year old, he had a thousand something OPS. Since that point, he had another thousand OPS one of those years. But since that point, it's been a little bit disappointing because he hasn't matched those levels. Um, so I agree, ten K would have been that. I don't think I would have ever vote bid forty K, but I also wouldn't have bid twenty K on the Aaron Judge because he can't stay healthy. And uh, while he's good when he's in, he's not in enough and he doesn't seem like he has the body that's going to age very well into his thirties because of how tall and how injury prone he is in his twenties. And so I think both of them are probably overpays, but if there was one I'd rather spend than the other, I'd rather spend 40 K on Bryce Harper than 20 K on Aaron judge. You rather, you rather spend 40 K on Harper than 20 K on judge. Correct. If the money was there, <laughs> if, if I had that money and needed to blow it something, <laughs> needed to blow it. If I needed to, uh, Make a quick investment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but that brings us to this last point here. And this was not part of our debate series. This was really just strictly a straight-up discussion content play right here because I saw on the very last day of bidding for the auction on Saturday, I was like, holy cow, that Luca Optic Contenders Gold Auto PSA 1010 number dot 10 is going crazy. It was at $90,000 on the final day um, on Saturday morning. And the LeBron James Refractor BGS 10 – was at $95,000 at the exact same time. <laughs> Bazooka Tom says money laundering tips from Nate. <laughs> so at the exact same time on Saturday, one was at 95 k the other was at 90 k I look at this immediately and I say, holy cow, Luca, 2018 produced card, the same amount as LeBron BGS 10 Refractor, which is an incredibly tough grade to get with the 10 centering because I've seen a lot of these. I owned a 9.5 of that card and the centering is off on so many of them. Like to get a BGS 10 in that in that card is extremely difficult, especially with the 10 centering. So then I started thinking, well, as for the Luka Doncic card, the on-card auto here is huge. Um, if anyone knows all the rumors with the Lulu and his mom, quote, on, you know, quote, signing the cards, uh, which there is no proof of that that anyone's ever shown, but it's just – conspiracy that people throw around based on his autograph looking different with upper deck when and they have pictures of signing throwing it around again <laughs> spreading the conspiracy I'm, theory. I'm stirring the pot as they like to say 
And either way, my point is, is that people actually really, really, really love the Optic Contenders Luka Doncic autographs because they were redemptions that got signed at a later date and his autograph looks as if it matches the upper deck autographs. That's my point here, mm-hmm. is that Optic Contenders, I would say, is generally a tier two or tier three set. I'd say tier three. You know, your tier one is your high-end NT yeah, and fl- flawless, flawless. And then also I'd say like your high-end prism cards and high-end potentially like selector optic cards stuff, yeah tier two is your you know your contenders i'd say immaculate's tier two i'd put like probably select an optic in tier two and then tier three is where you get into the optic contenders wow you're gonna do immaculate like that huh? i love immaculate but people disagree with me I, i've heard it on instagram already a billion times <laughs> my point here is that that is a set that's not normally bought very you know frequently or or with price tags that big but for lucas specifically i think it's probably elevated to like a tier one or two set and I posted this on Instagram and plenty of people were like, what the heck? How are you spending that much on a prospect who, you know, he hasn't, I mean, I know he's more than just like a prospect. Like he's obviously one of the top players in the NBA, but he hasn't won anything versus LeBron. Who's, you know, top two player of all time, still playing to this day, plays for the Lakers and everything. And 2003 refractory rookie BGS 10. Now fast forward to the end of the auction on Saturday night. And that LeBron does not make up much ground at all. It uh, goes 150K, I mean, which is pretty substantial, I'd say. It doesn't make up any ground. It loses ground. Oh, yeah, true. On the actual Luka, yes. It loses a lot of ground on the Luka. It, it goes from two, uh, 90, 95 to 150, while the Luka goes from 90 to 264K. And that is one of the top-selling cards from the entire auction in itself, but it's also probably one of the top-selling non-one-of-one um Luka Doncic cards that's ever went outside of the prism gold PSA 10 true gold PSA 10 which sold for 800 some k and the one one hasn't been pulled one one prism black it has not been pulled to everyone's knowledge imagine it ended up sitting in, like, in a binder somewhere yeah end up in a kid's hand and gets shoved in a binder and sitting in a closet I, I really do wonder how many good cards are like that a lot probably so many a lot so but specifically like you know hundred thousand dollar card like that means well, that, that Luca is worth way more, a hundred thousand dollars. So, yeah. Magic right here is saying, is telling us that LeBron is that is not very popular right now. And I will say that after last season when he got hurt and showed up in the playoffs and showed up in the playoffs, didn't really show up in the playoffs. I'd say his popularity probably has declined, especially in the card market. Let me tell you, I said something about LeBron a couple months ago, and if you were to just judge by the comment section in here from like the hundred people that were in here. LeBron wasn't popular then. No, 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 no. Nate was getting roasted. Yeah, it was. <laughs> He's getting roasted. Uh, and Rob says that the Lucas sold way too high. So our question to the chat right now is, what do you make of these sales? The Luca Auto PSA 10, which is a population one. I think it might be a pop one for the 1010 autograph. I don't know if it is a PSA 10, if there's more than that, just for the non-autograph uh, grade. And then the uh, LeBron Refractor BGS 10 rookie uh, that one for 150k i don't know the population on that bgs's pop report that needs to get better because it's so hard to search that thing but uh still a pristine grade the top grade really in the market today and uh crazy nate one hundred fourteen thousand dollar difference i never expected that what's your thoughts on this and also just in general the overall discussion of do you go for the guy that's coming up maybe a better objective card where the gold auto is a better yeah. card than just a refractor rookie but he's a prospect and hasn't won or proven himself completely. Well, I think my answer would be better uh, formed if I knew the the uh, pop report on the BGS 10. Let me get it. How about LeBron. that? Because the pop report on the BGS 10 would affect my answer big time. Well, how about just talk to me in general about the, what my second question then. Your second question was? So, like, let's say you have a Bowman Chrome autograph orange of a guy that's, like, Julio Rodriguez, or you have a, like, you know, base auto 9.5 of Mike Trout. Okay, that's – okay, okay, I get it. Because how much is that Julio? Probably 10, um, 10K, 15K? Yeah. yeah. I know that Mike Trout's more than that, but um, something like that. So, yeah, I guess I guess this would probably be better along the lines of Fernando Tatis. Yes. Who, really good, but hasn't done anything – well, Mike Trout hasn't done anything either, technically. <laughs> um. It's hard in baseball because Mike Trout's the most expensive, but hasn't done anything outside of win MVPs and stuff, <laughs> but hasn't like won a championship. Um, like LeBron has won four, five, four, a lot. Um, four. So uh, 
we'll we'll still go with Mike Trout. You know, if you're comparing a Fernando Tatis gold out of ten to a base auto Bowman Chrome Mike Trout, the the gold would probably go for more than the trout, right? Yes. Um, but if it was a BGS ten trout, uh, you know that would that would affect my answer. So, uh, to me, to me, I don't. I love I love Luca. I think he's really good. He's obviously amazing. He's going to win an MVP or two or three or four in his career. He might win a championship, but I don't think he's going to win four championships like LeBron. Right? He's right. just not good enough on both sides of the court like LeBron was to to have that effect on championships. I don't think. I don't think. I could be wrong. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa! That orange nine five Julio is for sure worth more than fifteen k. Nate, you see a raw Julio gold one for eight thousand dollars a couple weeks ago on eBay. That's no. I have the pop report by the way on the LeBron. Oh yeah, let's get it to me. Get it to me because that will affect my. Uh... So there's a total of one thousand one hundred thirty-seven graded by BGS, which who knows how many are left graded by BGS after people probably started crossing the PSA recently, like nines and eights and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, BGS ten. 32 of 1,137. All right. So a pop of 32 compared to a pop of one and only 10 potential. That's a 3% rate of the 10. BGS 10. It's a low pop, but it's also, you know, guaranteed like 32 times more pop, you know, there's 32 times more of this card than there is of this Luke and there's, PSA 1010. There's also a ton graded by PSA, and so there's thousands graded in general. Yeah. Um, so I guess because of that, despite the fact that I'm a big LeBron has done stuff, Luca hasn't, just scarcity and how people work, I would go with the Luca because the Luca has to me a better chance of going up in price quicker than the LeBron. At least, yeah, I'd say higher ceiling, but definitely lower floor. That's how I would think of it. And I guess it just depends on how much you want to gamble, but that's a lot of money to gamble, of course. All right, we have a few more minutes here to run through the rest of the uh, rest of the slides here before our guy Sam from Overtime joins us. But uh, have one slide? Yeah, I think so. Well, there's like one more in there I guess I'm right. talking about. there. I don't know about the black label. Oh, are there any black label or LeBron refractors? uh three three black labels so i guess t- technically 35 unless 35 bumps maybe so yeah and who's who's to say how many of those bgs tens are yeah i would say most are still most, <laughs> most yeah i guess all right all right we got a couple of minutes for and this. this this is me this is me so one interesting tidbit that i added in here just because i don't know if people were paying attention i'm waiting for it to pop up on my own screen so i can increase here is i don't know if you guys were watching nfl football this sunday but this has to have been a historically bad day for first and second week or year quarterbacks. Look at these stats. Joe Burrow, you can see the stats, uh, 207 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, including three straight picks on three straight yeah, passes. I know. How crazy is that? Um, and a 15.8 QBR. Justin Fields, six for 13, 60 yards and a pick, a 4.4 QBR. Obviously, the Justin Fields thing. You know, you prep for Andy Dalton and then you throw Justin Fields in. They're not the same QB. No, they're just not. They don't play the same way. Uh, probably not Justin Fields' fault. Probably Matt Nagy because he stinks at coaching. Um, Trevor Lawrence has looked pretty bad the last couple of weeks, but the Jaguars are a bad team. He went 14 for 33, 118 yards, a touchdown, two picks, and a 30.5 QBR. Jaguars are a bad team, um, and he's been doing things that it's like, okay, there's that flash. There's that glimpse. Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine in the future. But right now, the first two games have been rough. Mac Jones, 22 for 30, 186 yards, 28.6 QBR. Probably, like, didn't do anything to make his team lose, but didn't do anything to help his team win either. Zach Wilson was atrocious, 19 for 33, four interceptions. To make it worse, Sam Darnold was really good these last two weeks, or at least good with Carolina these last two weeks. So that makes Zach Wilson look way worse. Well, and then the, the Jets are terrible, though. I mean, the, the yeah, the last three guys, Tua, one for four, 13 yards, got injured, took a shot to the ribs. So that doesn't really count. But, you know, he injured. got knocked out. Jacob Eason came in two for five with an interception. Obviously bad. Jalen Hurts, 12 for 23. And the new 190 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. And the new savior of the hobby, Jalen Hurts, did not have a good game. Um, Justin Herbert, 31 for 41, 338 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. The only re- Justin Herbert's game was not good, but 
they at least had a shot to win it. But what I'm trying to say is all these guys were really bad. And yes, Joseph put Peyton Manning's first year stats up. Peyton Manning was also really bad. I just found it interesting that I'm not saying, oh man, these guys are all going to be bad in their career. That's not what I'm saying. I was just, I found it fascinating that almost every single young first and second year QB or every first and second year QB that played this past week was bad. And every single one of them had under, or I guess uh, Hertz had a 62.3 QBR. Now, well, the, here's what everyone else had under 35. On Joseph's uh, comment there about Payne Manning's first year stats, so very true. I was thinking about that also. Like, oh, you know, just because they play bad now doesn't mean that they're going to be bad. No. But on the flip side, there's plenty of people who played bad to start and also were just bad and never were good. Yeah, but also Sam Darnold was atrocious and now he was good. And so situation matters. Situation matters. Trevor Lawrence's situation matters. Zach Wilson's situation matters. Justin Fields' situation matters, right? Um, Joe Burrow, that's a little bit of an uh, unfortunate three interceptions, but still pretty good, right? Um, and so it's just one of those things that uh, there's there's not really much to draw from this outside of the fact that it just blows my mind, blows my mind that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine young quarterbacks got situ- uh, chances. Two got injured. Jacob Eason obviously only got five pass attempts, but threw a pick in those five pass attempts. And they were all pretty bad. True. Uh, really quick, just want to show exactly what happened. Jalen Hurts' market after his not great game. So his green PSA 10 prism on Slapsox Pro, pro.slapsox.com. You can make a free account today. Uh, it was over 560 and it dropped on the most recent auction, which ended today. Now that ended today, like pre four o'clock. So maybe just terrible auction timing. Yep. Ended for 440. So there might be a little bit of both. Bad auction timing. Not a great game. Really great games this first week, which made it pop up, obviously. But we're looking at a pretty substantial drop there in a, in, you know, a couple day period. And a good reminder that if you watch a young core, and I was impressed with how they beat, I was impressed with how they beat the Falcons. But if you watch these young guys play bad teams and they look really good, they run up against a good team. Good defense. Like Hurts against the 49ers. And they might look bad the next week. And in the NFL, you can sell week to week. You could yeah. have sold Jalen Hurts and then bought into Jalen Hurts after he ran up to a good team and then buy back into Jalen Hurts <laughs> before he plays another bad team, right? Takes lots of execution. It does. <laughs> it does. Okay. Uh, we are going to come to the stopping point for the presentation for now because we are going to welcome right now our guest, Sam, from Overtime. Sam, there you are. Welcome, man. What's up, guys? What's up, Aaron? What's up, Nate? Thank you for having me on. Yeah, dude. Hey, Sam. So good to see you. Uh, last time I saw you were in Miami for the Courtside Card Show. You hooked yeah, me up with yeah. shirt you got on. Oh, uh, yeah. hey, tell, tell us uh, who you are and what you do for overtime and stuff and how you got involved. And just another add-on question is, like, how did overtime get into cards? Because I know that your overtime polls account, which is pretty dope, uh, ha- what well, hasn't been in the cards, like, forever, obviously. So just talk me through that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, my name's Sam. I've actually been working at Overtime uh, since, like, June 2017. So, I've been working at Overtime forever. I'm, I'm, uh, my title's, like, editor-in-chief of the company. So, um, I, like, run our YouTube page. I, I, I do a lot of our Snapchat content. Um, I work on, like, signing talent to us. Um, and, and, you know, basically, like, anything that we can do to, 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 to grow and, and just make dope content and, and, and things like that. So, I'm kind of all over the place. But... I've actually been a collector like my whole life, like starting when I was like four or five, I was going my, with my dad to card shows. Um, and I, I actually grew up collecting vintage baseball cards, which I think is kind of weird for people in, in their twenties to say that they grew up like collecting vintage baseball cards. But like, I know everything about like, you know, the, the T206 stuff, like Gaudi, like all, all the like old judge cards. Like that's actually what I, what I kind of grew up c- collecting and, and learning about, even though like, I'm a basketball player, but I grew up just doing vintage baseball stuff with my dad. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I've been collecting my whole life. I took a kind of a break in college. Like, you know, w- w- I was playing, I was playing basketball in college and, and obviously there's a lot of things going on, but then afterward I kind of started getting back into it like two years ago and uh and i've been you know just collecting and and kind of immersing myself in the content ever since and i just want to shout out you guys because like when i was just getting back into it like one and a half two years ago 
um, you guys channel was one of the first ones I was watching and just like interacting with and, and, and just kind of get, getting caught up with, with like what the modern card market was looking like. And you guys were always like so nice about it. Like you, I remember you followed my polls accounts, like even when, when they were like really small and like always nice, and, like reposting things. So, um, I, I'm just happy, you know, I, I was like watching your guys, YouTube uh, a lot, trying to comment from overtime and now, and now I'm on it. So it's dope. Yeah. Hey, thanks. I, I appreciate that. Cause I remember the first time you hopped in the chat as overtime, people were like, no way overtime in the chat. I'm like, yeah. And then, and then there was me. And then there's, <laughs> yeah. And then there's Nate. Nate's like, Hey, what's overtime, Aaron? I'm like, yeah. Dude, come on. Um, but, but yeah, so in, in terms of cards, um, probably like in January, I want to say our, our CEO texted me and, and our, and our, uh, head of, and our like chief content officer who overruns everything. And he had been watching what was going on in the cards market. And he was like, make a page today. He's like, like, you're the only one of the company that knows it. Like make a page today, just like figure out how to grow it. And this was like in January in the middle of quarantine. I was, I was, I was back home with my parents and I was like, I was like all right. So I just started making some TikToks um, and, and like, I saw a lot of traction there. Um, and now the TikTok page is at like, you know, I think 42,000 followers. On um, the Instagrams at like a, a 11, uh, 11 or 12,000 followers. Um, but, but really like, I, I just enjoyed doing it. Um, and, and I think like there's going to be a, a cool cards opportunity with us, um, with our, with our overtime elite league. So, um, that's kind of where, where we stand now. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think for us, like whenever we see a place where there's a lot of interest, and we think we could do something a little bit different then we're gonna then we're gonna dip our toes in it and just like do some tests and, and see what happens and for me it's, i'm just i just love it like i i, I right. i've been collecting i love to collect on eBay all day like at the office so right. i just love doing it so hey so first before getting into more of the business side i want to talk about you and your collecting stuff because when i met you in miami you know i was like expecting you to open up your bag and you're about to show me your lucas silver psa 10 and some other stuff you yeah you straight up to start pulling out Babe Ruth stuff like T206 and you show me some pictures on your phone and stuff. And I was just like, oh my gosh, never would I have guessed that you would have been collecting that type of stuff, which is cool because I want to point out that like, even for someone like you, who, you know, you returned to the market two years ago, you went back to what you were collecting. You didn't hop on what everyone else was trying to buy, what everyone else was trying to collect. And I always think that that's a really cool way to do it is to like, you know, find what you liked when you were younger. For Nate, we you're really into Bowman Chrome in the past and now. Mm -hmm. And now he's really in the air in Ashby with his super fractor and trying to find the rainbow and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just exciting for me to watch journeys like that when they, I've known Nate my whole life. He's loved brews his whole life. He's loved pictures his whole life. And I, I know that very well. Yeah. <laughs> and he's loved Bowman Chrome his whole life. And, or at least for most of his collecting journey. And uh, it's fun. And just like you too. So did you bring stuff? Do you have stuff next to you? So I, I have some of my weirder stuff. I, okay. I was I was actually literally on my way home to because most of my bigger stuff is at my 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 parents' place. Like I live in Brooklyn, my parents. I'm from the Upper West Side. I was yeah. on the way home and I realized I forgot my key and they're away. So I don't have I don't have some of my bigger stuff. So next time I'll bring that. But I do have some like weird like one off things that that I bought. Um, but just on Bowman Chrome, um, Nate, I like one of my dream cars is 2001 Pools Bowman Chrome Auto. Like uh -huh. I, I, I I still think that's like a massively undervalued card relative oh, to is. everyone else. Like. That's like the, I don't know, it, when I was like collecting and when I started collecting, like that was like the car. Like that was like the, the holy grail of cars. And the, I, like there's only 500 of them. Like that feels to me like it should be worth way more than it is. I don't know how you guys feel about that. But uh, Albert Pools is one of those guys that I think because of how kind of meh the end of his career is. Yeah. People are very like, what have you done for me lately? It's going to take like five years after he retires once the Hall of Fame stuff comes around where people are going to be like, oh, wait. Albert Pools was like the greatest hitter in the history of baseball for exactly. a stretch of like 10 years in St. Louis. Yeah, it really was. And, and once people remember that, then those cards are going to explode. Not to mention just the straight, like you mentioned, 500 copies made. If you think about Trout, where there's all these different variations, you got yeah. the base, which there's way more than 500 made of. Um, that is quite the card. And as, as Sam starts to pull out these cards and show, I want uh, people in the chat, if you have any questions for Sam about his collecting or overtime or what he does or anything like that, just feel free to toss them in the chat. And I'm sure Sam will be happy to answer questions you all have. Uh, but really quick before magic pointed out that someone put in a 16 team parlay at MGM for <laughs> $25. And tonight would be the 16th correct game, which is all the games of this week. 
and it connects seven hundred twenty-six thousand nine hundred fifty-nine dollars. I almost want the Lions to win just for the sake of that. Person. And yeah, and he needs Detroit to win. And obviously, we're huge Packer fans. But uh, wow, that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> All right, Sam, what do we got? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, like I said, like I, I didn't. I, I was planning on bringing out like my one of my Babe Ruth autographs and like some of my Honus Wagner cards. I don't have those with me right now. But I do have some like other stuff that I've recently picked up that I, I don't know, I'll show. So Aaron, I actually don't think I showed it to you, but at the very end of the Miami show, I was just walking around and I saw this, um, this like Lewis Hamilton 2009 Sports Illustrated card. That's, um, that's, that's cool. That's awesome. That's like kind of one of his first yeah. cards, I think. Yeah, it is. So, so I think it's his second card. The first one is that like 2007, like pro. It's like the horizontal one with like his face on it. I think it's, uh, I think it's a vertical one, but it's oh, like okay. a 2007 pro thing. And then this is his second card. The pro one's going. The last time I checked, was going for like two or three thousand. I think, like like raw, maybe fifteen hundred raw. And yeah. I saw this thing, and I just thought it was like you know, I just thought it was really interesting. Like what, what card? It's the only sport where you see them like in their car. Like you can, you can't even like see their face. Right, I know that's no, it's awesome, and that's that's super yeah. cool. And I think like another card, the 2003 SI LeBron is a really cool card too. Yeah, so I don't know. I just thought that was cool, so I picked that up, and I actually had to. I, I was trying to make a quick trade, so I ended up like selling some Pokemon cards that I found from my old collection and, and got that. That's awesome. Um, oh, this is something I got in today, and like I don't know, something that I think is important to me is people think that now you just look at the market and like everything is like super expensive. Um, but I like to buy like some cheaper cards too. And I literally yeah. saw this guy on Instagram post this like Derek Jeter, 2008 top scrum extractor card. Yes. I love that set. Yeah. It's just like a dope card. Like I, I love the set. It's obviously a legendary basketball set. I DM'd him about it and it was like, I got it for like $20 and I just thought like it's a sick card. Like you don't need to spend that much money to get, to get a cool card. Everyone. No, no, no. Like, yeah. So that just came in the mail today. Um, what else? Oh, I, Again, like I, I like raw cards as just as much as graded cards. Like this, I picked up a, a, a while ago. It's a 2012 Prism Durant Auto. On auto. Your Prism, yeah, like on card auto. Um, I just think that I, I love this card. Like I want to get it. I'm not going to grade it with PSA, obviously, right now. But like, um, I, I just think it's a dope card. Like on card auto for me, like super important because um, yeah. I just think that the that the player like had a moment with the card, and obviously 2012 Prism. You know, you could say what you want about pr production now, but like back then, not as many cards were made, and no. it's still like a legendary set. So I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, and I, I think that it got so overblown for a bit of time that people started then like hate on it in turn. And I think that happened with a lot of the cards in the market. But there's nothing that takes away from how important that set was to modern basketball cards. Exactly. Exactly. Like yeah. So I, I mean, I'd really love to get the Kobe in that set too. But yeah, that's a nasty card. Um, okay, so here's one vintage thing that I got like two weeks ago. Do you guys know Bleaker Trading? Yes. So, so, so I went to Bleaker Trading's trade night and like I was looking around, like it was a lot of, the, uh, you know, like kind of high pop stuff. And then um, J Jake, who like kind of runs a lot of the operations day to day, he pulled this out and it's like, it's a Walter Johnson strip card from 1921. Dang. Um, and it's like, it looks pretty sharp to me. Like it looks pretty good condition to me for, for, for a 20. And like I, I, the pop report on this, I think there's less than a hundred of them graded. It's literally a 100 year old card you're holding right now. Yeah. Um, so, and like, and it's like Walter Johnson, like if you look at his stats, if, if any pitcher like today put up Walter Johnson stats, he would be the hottest baseball player. His card would be like the hottest card of, you know, of all time. Obviously it was different back then, but I'm saying like this guy yeah. put up insane numbers. Um, so I made like a, de a deal with Jake. I got this a couple of weeks ago and I just thought like for, for like a fraction of, of the price of a, what a lot of the, the modern, modern cars are going for. Like, I just thought getting a, uh, one of the best pitchers of all time was was a was like a no-brainer um so that, that was like a cool random thing and then the last thing i actually went to the um this is my first football card i, I went to the uh the the boston show a couple of weeks ago there was a yeah, show like in boston causeway card show from, I, from uh, cards. I, I think it was in wilmington i don't think i don't know if it was the causeway one but, oh, okay, but gotcha. I, yeah and i saw this card and like this is my first football card but it's, it's a barry sanders police rookie card oh yeah i know yeah it's super into the police cards yeah so i, I don't know i was just I, I i saw this i was i was interested in it so i was looking it up and i i guess he has the the his most famous rookie card is the, is the score yeah. i think 1989 and i was just comparing the pop reports of of the, the the uh the score one to this one and this one's like way less and the card is cheaper so when i see things like that i'm just like oh, okay like i'll I'll, get, I'll i'll give it a shot i think it was 60 dollars for like yeah. a 
Do you yeah. know? Do you know how that car is distributed? I I had no. I've literally no idea. I just thought it looked cool. Because if up. you, I always wonder cards that are distributed not via like packs or sets. I'm always curious on how many just got like thrown out. Like oh, so many. Yeah. Like where like someone just like got it like a, many, a pick and save and then just like threw it out. How many police cards did you get from the Brewers when the police car would drive through our neighborhood and hand out? I, I, was, I was too young. I don't remember. Oh, we got so many. Okay. Every time the cop drove past, we get each get a pack. Literally, on our we block? have none of those left. On our block, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I'm assuming. So that's why it's like interesting because it's like that type of card. You said pop reports low. There's probably a lot of them, but it's like not that many are going to be found or graded because they're all just gone or in stuck in cabinets or whatever. Yeah. Like exactly. I, I should have a question for you guys because I got into like kind of a. This is the only time where I've gotten into some like fights on social media. I posted a video like, I don't know, like four or five months ago, basically saying like the 86 Fleer Jordan is not his true rookie guard, which I, I, I believe. I, I honestly do believe it because it's literally his third year in the league. And like yeah. for me, like you're telling me a rookie card is his third year in the league. Like I don't really subscribe to that. And I was saying like, if you want one of his true rookie cards, you should try to go for the star or the interlay card. And I got so many comments being like, not pack pulled, not pack pulled. Like you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. And like I was trying to defend myself, but I'm curious what you what you guys I, think. You on that pack pulled versus like earlier card. Well, discussion. we just we just were talking about pack pulled stuff, like with the kabooms. So mm -hmm. it's, it still rings true today. Like that's still a debate with modern cards too. And I believe that the uh, 84 star I think is like they consider it an XRC right, yeah. like extended rookie. I don't want to say the 86 Fleer card isn't a rookie, but if you're talking about like the first card, it's 84 star. Like exactly. that's what I'd say too. And you see BGS eights, which is like one of the, some of the top grades in that card. It's so hard to grade that card and PSA doesn't even grade them anymore. Yeah. Um, it goes through like what, what did the last BG eight sell for like 30 some thousand, I think maybe through PWCC or something. And that just doesn't seem enough for a card. That's like super rare, hard to grade. Um, and like what Will said, problem with star is the reprinting issue, which is true. That's why PSA doesn't grade them. But if Becca does authenticate it, I mean, they do sell quite substantially. And, and I would agree. I mean, personally, I would rather have the 85 Nike over the, you said inter, Interlake. Is that what it's called? The 85 Interlake is, is the, is like the jumbo card. Yeah. Like the white one. Wait, is that the one that says like Boy Scouts of America on the bottom right or left? It, it might be. Yeah. It is the white one. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the same one. Yeah, yeah. I would rather have the Nike one. I know it's a year later, but I, I, the Nike promo card, I think the Nike promo card is sick too. Yeah. I think it's one of the most culturally like uh, impactful cards ever made. I know it was in pack issued also. I mean, technically kind of was through Nike and stuff as a promo, but yeah. not like their actual card company, but I can see why the Fleer has a ton of value. Nate, any thoughts? Um, not on that. I do have thoughts, but not on the, not on the Nike per se, so, right. but we can wait till the end to get to my he, thoughts. He, here's my, here's my counter argument to the pack pole thing though. Right. Yeah. If you get a box of 86 Fleer on average, there's three Jordans in it. So like, yes, it, in, in some sense, it's like randomized if you're buying individual packs, but if you're buying a box on average, yeah. you're getting three of them. You're, you're basically guaranteed to get it. So in, in my mind, it's like, okay. At the time, it, like you could have guaranteed getting a Jordan just by buying a box, the same way you could have guaranteed getting a star or Interlake by buying the right it, or the packaging or whatever. It, I, I do agree that it's almost like seen as like a full set at that point, right? Like, yeah. So that's um, yeah, a good point. I like that. Yeah, and then I, I, I don't the the ones that are the the star cards that are like autographed, those go crazy too. Yeah, I've seen some of this. One of them just sold, I think, this past weekend. I don't remember how much it's. I'd have to look. But Nate, I, what do you guys say? Um, so quick, quick quiz for you two and also everyone on um, YouTube. Uh, who is the, according to the baseball reference, wins above replacement? Who is second all time behind Babe Ruth? I wouldn't be Pools. I didn't even know what Babe Ruth led. Honestly, Walter uh, Johnson. I was going to really? guess that because he has brought it up. But. So, so you know, your your Walter Johnson is by baseball run. Baseball reference wins above replacement. The second best player in the history of the MLB. I did um, not know that. My question would be to you: Is is Babe Ruth so high because of the pitching that he did too? Gave him. I mean, yeah. And he was obviously. But also, a, he was just hit. he was just like the Bambino. leaps and bounds a better hitter than everyone else in the league. Than the competition by yeah. a mile and a half. Um, so kind of like Will Chamberlain dropping like fifty a game. Essentially, essentially, yeah. Um, now, uh, two things I really appreciated is that you 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 
you're relatively you've collected your entire life but you collected vintage stuff and you're back into it within a year and a half and i feel like a lot of people you know in the last year and a half they'll be on instagram and they'll see everyone's big cards and their big you know um personal collections and they'll be like i just want that right i don't care about a 20 dollar card i don't care about you know a card that might get a psa a psa 7 i just want the big stuff and you relatively new to the new era of cards compared you were you were in i, I want to make sure that i'm not discrediting that you were in and now you're back in um and you're like look i don't i don't care if it's non-graded i like the card um and i also don't care if it's 500 you know i don't care if it's 20 dollars or 10 dollars. if i like it i like it and i appreciate that because i think a lot of people and a lot of new people they just see people's huge Instagrams. They go on and they see one of one Mahomes's and, you know, out of 10 RPAs and this and that and blue ice Lucas. And they just, uh, you know, they're just like, that's how you collect cards. And that's not how you collect cards. You can collect anything you want. And you're a good example of that. Hey, I yeah. I, I, it was funny. I was talking to, um, do, do you guys know Shay? Uh, from Shay Wave Vlogs? Yeah. yeah I, I, um, so I was uh, actually at Bleaker Trading. Um, he was showing me some of his stuff, and he has this, like, 2005, like, SP Authentic LeBron autograph. Um, and I think it's got, like, a BGS 7 or 7.5, which, like, to a lot of people is, like, a complete turnoff or whatever. But it has, like, a perfect like a perfect on-card autograph. And I was just, like, honestly, like, I, I want to keep in touch with you about this card because I, I just think it's amazing. I couldn't care less about the grade. Like, it has a perfect autograph. Um, the eye appeal is great. Like, and I, I just, like, honestly didn't really care what, 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 what the grade was. But, yeah. Yeah. Personally, I don't like how BGS, when it goes down to an eight, it goes to the paper uh, label and doesn't do silver anymore. But I know PSA does paper labels in the first place anyways. But for like that type of card, like I would way rather have like, let's just say it's a PSA seven yeah, with a perfect autograph, like you said, than like a PSA nine with like a faded autograph. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, no, you know, I'd ra way rather have the lower card gray, especially um i mean as just just in general i mean if you think about like how a card is especially thicker cards like those exquisites and spa you know autos and stuff it's like the chance of them getting damaged is very high from production to signing to pack out to distribution to customer like just very high chances you know faded autograph physically means as just altered since it was signed most likely yeah. obviously like Oh, look at that. Rob said, wow, I trade that LeBron to Shea at the Atlanta show. Oh, wow. Well, Rob, that's a dope card, man. Small world. Rob yeah. shouldn't have traded it. He should have <laughs> traded it to Sam. Yeah, because you yeah. said you wanted his Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, actually, I, I see a comment here that I uh, Will was saying Bonds or Walter Johnson. Like, I, I was looking through some of my old stuff last week, and I have um, I have a few Bonds autographs, like early to the 2000s, like 2002, like Ultimate. I think like a 2002 Ultimate one, and then like um, – Someone did like a buyback of his 87 tops card, I think, and that, that I have. And like, honestly, Bond's another guy. Like, if you look at his best years, were the best years ever, in my opinion. I, I, Nate, I'm curious what you, what you think as a, as a baseball guy, but like, um, Bond's had a series of years that are like unmatched by the anyone. Dude, the close. dude ran a 609 on base percentage one year. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. He got on base 60% of the time. <laughs> that's yeah. so insane. That will never, ever be done again. Yeah. The, the only weird thing is, like, even those years where he was hitting, like, 70 home runs or, and like, in the 50s and 60s or whatever, like, the the one knock on him is his RBIs were not that high. Like, he would have, like, 60 home runs and 100 RBIs, which was which was kind of weird. But, like, all of those other numbers, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's crazy not to have him in the Hall of Fame. Is it the well, most it solo homers ever? It you know, it depends on who's, who's – well, number one, it depends on who's on his team. And also, yeah. number two, he was so feared, if you had a guy on base – or two guys on walking. base, he was going yeah, to walk If you didn't have anybody on base, you were going to throw to him, and that is the reason why he can hit 73 home runs in a year and only have 137 RBIs. Yeah. Yeah, what Will's saying, you guys are too young to remember. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, that, 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 I, I was pretty young then, but, like, I remember that was insane. Like, it, like you're saying, like, no one wanted to pitch that guy, and now he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. And, I mean, I think there's already a lot of guys that are in the Hall of Fame that have used – uh, some type of performance. Oh, oh, there, oh there. That's a, a different uh, discussion. But hey, can you bring up Will's other other comments? Speaking of war, because this is the one that really kills me is that if you look at Barry Bonds' stats with Pittsburgh, and it's considered that he started steroids in San Francisco, he ran a 204 OPS plus. He ran a 1080 OPS 
uh, as a 27-year-old in Pittsburgh, MVP. Two years before that, MVP as a 25-year-old, 970 OPS. This is a dude that was a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And one of the best, if not the best player in the league without steroids. And then he took steroids. And the same thing with uh, Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Did not need steroids. No. And yet they ruined the Hall of Fame. I guess I can continue. Yeah. They took Hall of Fame careers and stats and absolutely obliterated them with steroids when they didn't need to. Maybe they don't age as gracefully. Maybe Barry Bonds isn't running 1,045 OPS as a 42-year-old, but he's still going to be a Hall of Famer, and he's still going to be one of the best of all time. Do you say 1,045 OPS as a 42-year-old? Yeah. And, and the stolen bases, right? Like how many guys – I think he's he's one of only a few that have 400 home runs, 400 stolen bases, right? Uh, five, 500, 500. 500, right. Yeah, so it's oh like my. Him, I think him, Willie Mays – like, there's, like, basically no one has that. Yeah. Hey, Sam, I want to point out, I did look up, and yeah. this is the auto version. It's over 72K. That feels like – I mean, like, like what is the autograph version of the – The Fleerio for? Yeah, I feel like great, – Great question. I think one sold some time ago, but I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head right now how much. Um, Sam, to get back to your overtime work, just so we can get, yeah, because we, we're running out of time here. Um, you, you obviously work for overtime. You explained it all. Can you share with us like one cool experience in cards that you've also got to experience because of overtime? Do you have any of those? Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm going to have, I, I would say if you ask me that in about a week, I will have a I will have a lot to talk about. Um, we have a really big announcement this week, so that's why I was actually happy you guys are are, are uh, uh, inviting me on. I, I like literally within the next two days, we're gonna have a really big announcement that I think is gonna like I, I think everyone in the card world is gonna be talking about. So what uh, you're telling me is you don't want to break news here. Is that what you're telling me? I, I, I can't. I will. You say I, he's I, not allowed to break news here because we know I, that we want to break news here. I, I will get. In, I will get in big trouble. But I'm saying just like keep an eye on the overtime polls page and overtime in the next couple of days. And that's why I was uh, gonna ask you: Should people follow you at, at overtime polls to see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fo- follow at overtime polls. Um, we're, we're going to be doing, doing more content on there right now. It's only, only me working on it. And like, I have a million other things, jobs. So I, I can't, I, I honestly just can't post as much as I, I want to. Like it was up to me. I'd be posting stuff all day. Um, so we're going to be definitely posting a lot more content on there, but yeah, follow overtime polls next few days, big, big announcement. And I think, um, I, I'm curious what, what, what you guys are, are going to think about it. Um, and, and Aaron, I know, I know I hit you up that we're sending you a little something, so you're going to, you're going to have to like, see it, but, um, I, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely excited. Breaking news. There's breaking news coming up in two days. <laughs> yeah. We got it. I did we, not. We got the scoop that there is breaking news in a couple of days. <laughs> I didn't know that there was going to be breaking news in a couple of days. So I guess that's something to party about. Yeah. yeah the, you, you guys are hearing it first that. There's going to be another time to hear it first. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Perfect. Now, That's all I want. Now, now I can clickbait the title. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, uh, last thing I want to ask is one thing that you've learned through the last three to four years of your life, both working for overtime and collecting cards and something you can share with the audience to take away. For sure. Um, I, I would say two things. Like the, the one question that people always ask me is about like how to build um, uh, like a, your social media and because, like, you know, we, we basically started from nothing and now we have, like, over 50 million followers, which is kind of crazy. But, like, yeah. people always ask, like, what's one key? Like, I would say the one, the one key, and, and, and you guys actually do it really well, is, like, staying consistent. Like, every day, like, grinding. And, and, like, the way that we built our YouTube channel was by posting serialized content that was dropping every Sunday at noon for eight weeks straight. And people were ready for it and they were tuning in because they knew every week the Mikey Williams show was dropping or, or the, the, the Jalen Suggs show was dropping like that consistency and like telling your audience, like we're going to be doing this for, you know, eight to 12 weeks or whatever. Like that's how you build something. And like the other, the other piece of that is you have to be willing to test things and fail. Like if you look at our YouTube page, there are a lot of videos with 10 million views and there are a lot of videos with 10,000 views. And, and, and that's because we test things and we see what works and what doesn't work. And then when you find something that works, we keep going at it. So I would say consistency and testing. And then um, the, the, the other piece is like, you never know who that one person that you meet either 
I, like, I don't know. I met so many people playing basketball. I've met, I've met people at the card shows. Like you never know that one person that you meet, that's going to be able to pull a string for you or help you with something down the line. So like treat everyone you meet with, with like respect and be nice to them. Cause you don't know, like you, you just, you, you literally will never guess. Like the co-founder of overtime is my friend from Hebrew school when, when I was in kindergarten and he was in second grade. Like that is the founder of overtime. And like, we, we, we were just friends our whole life. And then when overtime came out, he's like, yo, I need, I need to bring you on board. Like I never would have been able to guess that. So I, I think it's just like being nice to everyone you meet, being, being respectful to people, helping people when they ask you for help. And then it, it always like comes back down the line. So I know I was kind of all over the place, but I hope that's. No, that. Sam, I will, I will uh, say that that's probably one of the best pieces of advice that I've actually ever heard through our podcast in the past, because I will attest to the same thing. Like I can't tell you how many people I've met in the last three years doing this that never would I guess that one person I met would have introduced me to this one person. Then mm -hmm. I ends up being this one thing. I mean, I can straight up tell you that, you know, we just launched the rally partnership today uh, with rally road in New York, Oh uh, yeah, I love rally. Uh, the fractional investment company. And the way that I met those guys was through someone that flew to see Nate and I in Milwaukee two over two years ago now, yeah, just about two years ago. And there's no way I ever would have thought that that guy coming out, to meet us to talk about slab stocks would lead to two years later now us doing you know getting a partnership with rally like it's just crazy to, to those types of things and i agree with you you know you always need to be kind and be nice to people and, and, and it's not because you're like oh down the line they're gonna do something for me it's just to be a good person and then yeah. because you're doing that stuff is just gonna work out i mean some people you know a lot of people say like the hardest workers are the ones that are the luckiest because you put yourself yourself in this positions the most to succeed and then through that just comes good fortune. Uh, very specific example of this. There is a guy in the MLB sphere that recently released that he asks for 50 to $100 um, per podcast appearance as a guest. Jumps on a podcast, requests 50 to $100 for the hour of prep time he does, and then appearing on the show for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And he got absolutely blasted blasted by the entire MLB like media community for asking for money because they're like, look, if you're a good human being, you'll do this for free. And a lot of people do. And in fact, I have a guy going coming that is a, a national writer that is going to be showing up on my podcast tomorrow. Um, and he's not making anything and he's taking his time out of his day to do it. And it's very kind of him. And, you know, it's like one, it's being a good human is just helping out your neighbor. And two, he helps me out. If he ever needs any card advice or anything, he knows he can DM me and I will answer him because he has helped me out so much in the past. This will be a second appearance. Um, it's just, you know, the right thing to do. And a lot. Of, and, you know, this this one dude charging money. It's it's the exact same thing. It's not the right thing to do. And he will learn that when he has no future career in MLB media. Yeah, and that's the same thing with me. It's like anyone that does something for me, I always say back to them, like, let me know if you need anything. And that doesn't mean everyone comes and, and asks me, but the people that do, you know, I'm there to help them just as they help me too. Um, so, Sam, I like it a lot. Thank you for sharing that. For, for sure. And, yeah, and, like, honestly, one of the great things for me about coming back and, like, really getting heavily involved in the car community in the last um, couple of years, like, people – there's some people that are obviously in it for money, but like the people that just love to collect and like hanging out with them and like talking cards, like that, that just like feels good. Like, and people, people really, there, there are, I know that a lot of money's coming to the hobby, but I know just from talking to everyone, like there are a lot of people like you guys that still actually just like love cards and love to collect. And like that, that's my favorite, that that's, that's my favorite part of it. And that's why like, I, I, I was hyped when you asked me to come on the podcast and that's why I, on the, on the show. And that's why like I tune in. And all that. So yeah, I just wanted to thank you guys for having me. But also, when's the next show you guys are going to? I I need to figure out when the next when the next one I can go to is. We don't have it exactly on the schedule yet, but I'm considering potentially the next Dallas show, or it, at the very least, I think Jamil's show in December, the next okay. con in in Tampa. That's the one that I I really do want to go to next. Um, it's a little harder in the fall, you know. Shows aren't as frequent and stuff, and. Yeah, um, lots of stuff going on, but but I do want to get to his very badly, and I wanted to point out really quick. Um, I didn't make it mean to make it seem like oh, mis mystery man that flew to Milwaukee, but he brought him up earlier. Bleaker Trading, it's actually Mark, the owner of Bleaker Trading, is the guy that I, we met over two years oh. ago. And, okay, and, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. My, my, my Mark's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mark is a great guy, and he it's the exact type of person who, 
you know, we never did anything for him in, in, in like physical, literal sense of like making content for him or anything at the time. And he just did a ton to help us. Let, and let, let's put it this way. Without Mark's advice, I don't know if we're sitting here yeah. right now. And it's just some guy that messaged me on Instagram. You know, it's nothing more than that, which is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Sorry about this lighting, by the way. I know it's not good for the, I don't, my permission has terrible lighting. No, it's all good, Sam. It's all good. No worries. But uh, hey, we're going to call here. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining today. I appreciate it. This was kind of our, we've had guests on the show in the past, but we are trying to kick off a series now of, of different guests joining and talking about cards and how, what they find fun in it. Just, you know, trying to make these personal connections with our audiences. I think it's very valuable to hear from people like you. So I want to thank you for taking the time, like, like Nate just mentioned and joining us and uh, being here for us and for the audience too. For sure. Yeah. Look guys, if you're ever in New York city, um, let, let me know, like come out of the office and then we'll, we go, we'll go check out ble a bleaker trading trade night or something. Like uh, it, it's, it's a good vibe out here. There's good card people out here. So just seriously, like, let me know if you're ever in the no, city. I, I actually got to do that. Cause Mark, every time I see Mark, he's always like, Hey, whenever you're in New York city, I'm like, well, I don't happen to just like be there a lot, but I'll try to. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so someone just asked overtime polls. Do you have any poll with the main overtime channel? I mean, yeah, like I was, I was one of the first employees. So I, and I run the YouTube channel. So yes, I do have, I have a, I got a huge giveaway in the following day. Okay. Just DM me for just DM overtime polls or overtime Sam. And, and, and uh, we can talk about it. Awesome. Well, Hey Sam, thank you so much for joining everyone in the audience. Thank you so much for joining today and discussing different things in the car market. Sam, we'll see you later. Everyone else have a great rest of your week. And thank you so much for joining the slab stocks, YouTube live show. See you, Sam. See you.